Welcome to Noblesville First Online Worship today, this August 23rd of the year 2020. We are coming close to ending our series on the Ten Commandments for today. We're going to focus on the Ninth Commandment, to not bear false witness that brings harm to another person. Please join with me in our call to worship this morning. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and the Lord will exalt you. Praise be to God. Please join me in the call to prayer. Eternal God, you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and yet you come to us fresh each day. Hear our prayer, O Lord. You breathe new life into the tired and discouraged, and you offer healing for all who are broken and worn. Hear our prayer, O Lord. You restore hope for what seems impossible. You are the source of life and love for all of us and all of your creation. Hear our prayer, O Lord. And so we pray to you as creator, Christ and Holy Spirit, one God, now and always. Hear our prayer, O Lord. This time I'll remind you that our children's sermon is coming up after the silent prayer and pastoral prayer and Lord's Prayer. So if you do have children in your home, Make sure to get them ready for that and here in a few moments. And now we'll join together in our time of prayer. You'll be invited to pray silently, especially for those names and situations listed on your screen, as well as anything you'd like to lift up in your heart this morning. Let us pray. Oh, holy God, you come to us in these quiet moments, the comfort of our homes, surrounded by friends or family or pets or whatever distractions there may be. But God, we ask that you would draw us in, center us in to your word for us. Lord, we have so much weighing heavily upon our hearts and our minds, 
We have busy schedules. We have people to take care of, people to check in on. Perhaps we have our own health situations that we're dealing with, our own struggles and anxieties. But Lord, you know each concern or joy in our hearts. And so we ask, O oh Lord, for your peace that passes all understanding to enter into our lives, to remind us that we are not alone, and to know that you have compassion for us, that we might have compassion for others. We lift up, O oh God, our communities, places broken by violence or disease, by divisions, by conflict, and we ask for your spirit of healing. We pray, Lord, for our nation and for our world. Might your truth be the truth that we all come to know and live, that we might show the world what your kingdom looks like. We ask all of this, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, who teaches us to pray by saying these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Mandy had a problem. She borrowed her sister's porcelain animals for show and tell, and she didn't ask anybody. Not her sister, not her mom or dad. She didn't ask anybody. She just took them. That's not okay, is it? Well, she borrowed them, but it's okay because everything went really well and show and tell was a lot of fun. Everybody liked seeing the porcelain animals. And so Mandy's excited and on, on the way home, she was skipping, you know, skipping along, skipping home, and she dropped the bag of porcelain animals. Now, just in case you don't know what porcelain is, it's, it's basically glass. It's really fragile or really breakable material. So do you know what happened when Mandy dropped this bag of porcelain animals onto the hard ground? That's right, they broke. Every single one of them broke. And so what Mandy did is she, she took all the pieces, she swept them back up into the bag as fast as she could, she ran home, she's not skipping anymore, and she threw it under her bed before anybody could find out. And so her mom came into her room and said, Mandy, what'd you bring to show and tell today? And this is where Mandy made a decision. And she said, Mom, I brought my seashell collection into class. So what did Mandy say that she brought the class? Seashells. She said that she brought seashells to class. Try saying that five times fast. Now, Mandy took her sister's animals and she broke them. And then she didn't tell anybody the truth so that she could cover up her mistake. Just like we've covered up the word seashells with blue crayon. Now, we often lie so that we can hide another sin. Just like the word seashells is hiding under the blue marks that I made. Some people can see through a lie. Just like right now, we can still kind of read the word seashells on there, right? It's still visible. Other people are totally fooled. 
They only see the lie and they have no idea that the truth is hidden from them. Just like right now, when we put this red over our word, we can't even really see the word seashells anymore. This looks like a big jumble. You have to look really hard to see it with that red. But God has very special eyes. God can see right through our lies. Just like when we put this blue over seashells. Look how clear that is now. You can hardly even tell that we have crayon scribbled. Mandy lied about the animals because she was afraid of the consequences that would come because she broke them. Consequences is a big fancy word, but it really just means what happens when you do something? What happens after you do something? So Mandy is gonna have to suffer the consequences of breaking the animals, and now she might have to suffer the consequences of lying too. If you lie, here's my advice to you. Be truthful as soon as possible. Because you know what? God can see through our lives anyway. And most people in our lives are going to be happy to forgive us. So it's always best to tell the truth. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You must have no other gods before me. Do not make an idol for yourself. Not use the Lord your God's name as if it were a Remember the Sabbath day and treat it as holy. Honor your father and your mother. Do not kill. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not testify falsely against your neighbor. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God. For you are our strength, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. Just last week, when Xavier's dad came to pick him up at my apartment after dinner time, I walked out of my bedroom to see Xavier eating a popsicle. When I told his dad that he'd already had one, his response was, Xavier told me that you told him he could have one. Well, you can guess what followed. <laughs> the popsicle was taken away, and Xavier, of course, threw a fit, and then he got a talking to from both of us about lying. He had been caught violating this very commandment that we are talking about today, telling a lie about something I had said in order to get something that he wanted. In the process, he also set his mom and dad against each other. So it's a good thing he's only four. <laughs> At the heart of this commandment is the call for us to tell the truth about others. In the context of the Ten Commandments, this specifically applies to testifying before a judge in court. A false testimony against someone could cost the person their life or their reputation. Many of you may remember or know of the story of Emmett Till, a 14-year-old African-American who was lynched in Mississippi in 1955 after being accused of offending and grabbing a woman in her family's grocery store. The woman's name was Carolyn Bryant. Days later, Bryant's husband and his half-brother armed themselves, abducted Emmett Till, and murdered him. Days later, his mutilated body was pulled from the Tallahatchie River. An all-white jury found Till's murderers not guilty of the crime. A year later, the men admitted to the murder in an article in Life magazine. 
In a 2008 interview, Carolyn Bryant admitted that her testimony during the trial that Till had made verbal and physical advances toward her was false. As for the rest of what happened, Bryant, then 72, stated she could not remember. She added, though, nothing that boy did could ever justify what happened to him. Now, as children, many of us are taught that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. As adults, we know this is not true. Our words hold undeniable power to do good or to do much harm. When we use our words to tear down or say something that is not true about someone else, we have the capacity for so much damage. In the tragic instance of Emmett Till, we see firsthand the destructive nature of bearing false witness against another human being. And there are so many more horrific moments in history we can name where false testimonies or assumptions or statements about people or communities of people have led to destruction, oppression, or death. Over and over again, scripture warns us of the destructive power of our words and the ability to do harm to others. The letter of James speaks of the tongue in this way. A small flame can set a whole forest on fire. The tongue is a small flame of fire, a world of evil at work in us. It contaminates our entire lives, and because of it, the circle of life is set on fire. The tongue itself is set on fire by the flames of hell. People can tame and already have tamed every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish. No one can tame the tongue, though. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Or the letter to the Ephesians. Don't let any foul words come out of your mouth. Only say what is helpful when it is needed for building up the community so that it benefits those who hear what you say. Or consider this wise old proverb which says, Sin has many great tools, but a lie is the handle that fits them all. A malicious lie, gossip about someone, a half-truth, remaining silent when you should speak up, even a shrugged shoulder or a raised eyebrow can bear false witness. All of these things hurt and can even destroy another person. Society only works if we are honest and not deceitful about others. I remember being a middle school girl and all the drama that comes with that. And I had a friend who decided that it would be fun to spread an awful rumor about me. Now at that age and stage in my life, I felt like the world was crashing down on me. And as an adult, I can name a time when I was verbally attacked in front of a group of people over an opinion I expressed. Name-calling was involved, as well as an attack on my character and my vocation as a pastor just because of something I held to be true and the other person did not. Perhaps you've had a similar experience sometime in your life and can relate to the harm that occurs when someone bears false witness against us. And with the rise of social media, character assassination is now easier than ever. A post with one comment or an article can quickly turn into attack on you or spiral into a contentious conversation between others. 
a lot of whom don't even know each other in real life. And as Pastor Jerry will share with us in a little while, the challenge of distrustful media and accusations of fake news take this commandment to a whole new level in our world today. Not only does this commandment speak about the way we speak of others, it also is concerned with our being false with God. Jesus speaks of this whenever he reserves his harshest judgment for the Pharisees and the Gospels. Those whose hypocrisy twisted and distorted the truth about the nature of God and God's message. So going back to this commandment that we talked about earlier, to not to use the name of God as if it were of no significance, this commandment for today once again calls us to question our assumptions about truthfulness and the truths that we hold and share about God and about our neighbors. Stuart Briscoe, in his book on the Ten Commandments, shares several ways that we can live into this, kinds of truth, uh, this kind of truthfulness. One, we can learn the truth. We spend time reflecting upon Jesus as the truth that is in marked contrast to the lying and deception that is so present in our world. Two, we can love the truth. When we learn God's truth, we begin to love it and speak it in love. And three, we live the truth. Our lives should exhibit a person of honesty and integrity to others. And finally, when we struggle with this commandment and in our world so ridden with gossip, fake news, and the temptation that we all have of building ourselves up at the expense of someone else, We remember Jesus when he proclaims himself to be the way, the truth, and the life. So before we open our mouths to speak, we might ask ourselves if what we are about to say will honor Jesus as the truth or not. Will what we are about to say build someone up or tear them down? Will what we are about to say do harm or will it do good? And finally, do our lives honor the truth by being the truth? Living authentically as who we are and by what we profess is what we are called to do here. So as we continue to wrestle with this commandment, may we surrender ourselves fully to Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. So may we go forth to use our words to build up the kingdom of God. Amen. We are always thankful for opportunities to give and remind you that your gifts in their many forms go to build the kingdom of God right here in our community. For today's stewardship moment, we offer up Teeter Farm. Teeter Farm is, of course, one of our most important and unique missions that we offer. The mission of Teeter Farm is to combat food insecurity to build community through meaningful relationships across barriers that sometimes divide us, and to educate children and adults on the importance of the environmental stewardship and care. The goal for Teeter this year has been to provide up to 10,000 servings to fight food insecurity. So far, they are just under half of reaching that goal. Whether it's your time, your money, your prayers, or your interest in the farm, Let's continue our hard work of making their goals a reality. 
Another way you can help is by attending the Farm to Table Dinner, which is coming up on September 11th. There are in-person dining options or carry-out options. Visit the Noblesville First UMC website at noblesvillefirst.com and click on the Teeter Farm to Table link for more information and for tickets. And of course, there are always many opportunities for you to serve at Noblesville First. And so we invite you to continue to volunteering your time at Teeter Farm. Uh, I hear they're always in need of people to come and weed, and so you're welcome to do that. And we also need help on Sunday mornings if you attend, especially our 815 worship. There are opportunities for you to help set up or tear down at the 10 o'clock service later on. So we always need help with those opportunities. And if you'd like to explore more options and get in touch with someone who can sign you up for any of these opportunities, there's also a link on our website or our church app under Opportunities to Serve. So we invite you now that we will bless our guests together that have come in through our app, the website, or the church office, and that you would take time to pray over what you might give to better God's kingdom today. Let us pray. Generous God, who always gives to each one of us the best, we thank you for this opportunity to share from our abundance. So bless these gifts offered through the ministries and mission of this church. We ask this blessing in the name of Jesus. Amen. I think will never end 
This song speaks words I cannot, and it calms the fears within. When there are no words to say, there are prayers that I can pray. Hear my heart. When I don't have strength to try, and I've cried all I can cry, Hear my heart Cause you know every fear And every doubt I cannot speak You know all the ways I need you And all the ways I'm weak So be quiet So you can hear my heart Be sure to check out the Faith First that you'll find on our website under the Worship tab page. You'll see scriptures and questions that will help carry on the discussion that we've started this morning. Well, we're starting to wind down our series on the Ten Commandments for today. And next week, we're going to have our final commandment. That will be brought to you by Mary Eileen Spence and Paul Ernst, our pastoral care pastors. They'll share that at the 815 service as well as this 930 online service. Then at the 10.30 service, I'll be sharing a message with Pastor Minnie Mays from Bethel AME as we do a combined service with them. So as I'm leaving this service, this series with you, I just want to emphasize a couple things we've been talking a lot about. Make sure that you remember them from now on as you think about the Ten Commandments. I just want you to remember that this series is something that was offering the covenant that God had shared with the people of Israel. And because of that covenant, those people um, were given these commands to live into that covenant. So remember, God has acted first. Secondly, remember that these commandments are meant to be memorized. So I hope that you'll discover through these messages we've been offering that these commands are talking about more than just singular acts of murder, theft, or adultery. But there's something to to take with us. They're not just a checklist to mark off that you've done them and don't have to worry about them anymore and ignore them, but instead you read into them, especially in their positive form. So it's one thing to say, I will not worship other gods, but it's something much deeper to ask, what am I doing to put God first in my life? It's easy to say, I've never committed murder, but it's another thing to ask yourself, what am I doing to reduce the hate that we see in this world? Jesus summarized these Ten Commandments very well. The first four, he summed up in the phrase, the love of God. The last six are about the love of neighbor. And we need to keep that in mind when we discuss this ninth commandment about bearing false witness. If we put it in context, it's not just about telling lies here and there, which we all do from time to time. It's more about altering the truth in a way that brings serious harm 
to others. So if we put this commandment in its original context and we examine the Torah law and the statutes that are found in Exodus and Deuteronomy, which relate to this particular commandment, we discover its primary focus is on telling the truth in a court of law setting. Here's a few things we find if you read those passages in Exodus and Deuteronomy. You notice, first of all, that the Torah law declared the accusations of a crime or harm done to another person required the verification of two or three witnesses. That's a requirement more stringent than anything we find in modern law. As a matter of fact, rabbinical teaching that sought to apply these statutes even went so far in cases that were punishable by death for witnesses to have to answer at least seven questions about time and place in order to prove that they were present at the scene of the crime, and they all have to agree about other details like the weapon used and the clothing worn by both the victim and the killer. These requirements made capital punishment a very rare occurrence when the Torah law was followed faithfully. Frequently, these statutes mention the purpose is to protect the poor, the weak, and the marginal. The spirit of this commandment is to preserve the dignity and respect of the people within the community, whatever their status or condition within society. You find in Exodus chapter 23, verse 6, it says, don't undermine the justice that your poor deserve in their lawsuits. And that's just one of many examples that make reference to the poor. Perhaps the statue that shows how serious, mostly how serious, God is about this commandment is the declaration that if anyone falsely testifies against a person, when your punishment, then your punishment for that perjury that you committed will be the same as it would be for the crime they are being tried for. In other words, if you accuse someone of stealing something that could put them in prison, let's say, 10 years, and it's discovered that you were lying, then you'll end up in prison for 10 years. That would be a pretty good uh, deterrence to people making a false accusation. Now, when I pondered how serious this commandment is meant to be, and the focus being on a court of law, it, it brought to my mind that courtroom scenes that you often would see on TV shows where that person would place their hand on a Bible and say that they promised to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And then you stop and think about how much that doesn't happen in so many places today. Of all the commandments we've discussed this summer, this one may be the most relevant for what is happening in our country right now in lifetime. The pursuit of truth has probably never been more in jeopardy than it is right now in our society. We live in a world where fake news is the dominant theme. It's a term that's thrown around by politicians, by opposing news sources, and now the average person on the street makes reference to it as well. Is it a way to attack anyone or anything that we disagree with? Social media has democratized the dissemination of information to the point that anybody can start up a website with no journalistic credentials at all and say anything they want with no repercussions. It's become so bad that many of us don't know what to believe, who to believe, or even have the time to verify what's being said. There was a 2017 Gallup poll that showed that only 37% 
of Americans believe news organizations generally get their facts straight. My, and I bet you if you took that poll today, that would be even lower. Personally, I've never feared more for the stability of our democracy than I have right now. Conspiracy theories are entering the mainstream and becoming real threats. Viewpoints that we thought had been laid to rest a long time ago have returned in new ways. If you want proof of how misinformation, how far it can go, I invite you to Google Pizzagate, and you'll discover how a false conspiracy theory meant to discredit a presidential candidate in 2016 led one man to drive all the way from North Carolina to Washington, D.C., to confront the employees of a pizza eatery about a child trafficking ring that never existed, but it showed up on social media as a conspiracy. Shots were fired, but fortunately no one was hurt and the man was arrested. Now there's no easy way to stop fake news. Censorship's not what we want in a free society. So in a democracy like ours, it's up to every one of us, it's up to you and me, to make wise decisions about the new sources that we pay attention to. We're going to need to apply this ninth commandment as vigilantly as we can. Here's a few suggestions for those of us who are still learning to navigate the wealth of information the Internet provides. These will be more important than ever as we'll be likely entering the ugliest presidential campaign in our history. So, number one. Intentionally make an effort to read news sources that differ from your political viewpoint. Most of us, including me, are just very guilty of listening only to the news outlets that verify what we already believe. Those news sources often fuel the divide in our country in the search of ratings that reinforce the polarization of our society. Be aware of the social media algorithms. Keep in mind that you're relying, if, if you are relying mostly on your social media to receive your news. They are utilizing algorithms that keep pushing into your news feeds the items they think you'd be most interested in. And that just leads to a narrow point of view. Third, utilize fact-checking sites. Use them to verify the accuracy of claims made by our politicians and news stories. I know that requires extra work, but if we care about not testifying falsely, we're going to need to do that hard work. Before you click share in your social media when you find something that you agree with, stop and ask yourself if this story really sounds credible. Does it really provide meaningful information that will inform or just does it inflame and slander the other side? Five, support investigative journalism. Do it by subscribing and supporting those organizations that have a trusted reputation. It's the responsibility of all of us to combat fake news. Finally, and most importantly, in every story we share in our social media, in every discussion we involve ourselves in, with every politician that we listen to, do we see, hear, and speak with the person of Jesus Christ in our mind? May God help us today to integrate the integrity of Jesus in all that we do. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you help us to incorporate into our lives the desire for truth, 
and the hope and the dreams of helping all persons to see one another, to hear one another, to find the solutions that are best for our world and the ones that bring justice to all people. This is our hope and dream on this day through Christ who is our Lord. Amen. On behalf of the staff of Noblesville First United Methodist Church, I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to Janelle Hadley for her 18 years of service to the youth and children and families of Noblesville First United Methodist. And while her primary focus was with our students in sixth through 12th grade, Janelle was involved pretty much anywhere anything was happening in the church. I know she's helped many of you with events. She's she's participated in events. She helped at the Orange Express check-in desk. She's gotten social media posts for all of us and, and coordinated volunteers. Janelle's servant's heart is just incredible and it's an asset that will be missed deeply. Today at Teeter, we had the privilege of presenting Janelle with a plaque to commemorate her 18 years of service. In addition to that, we have a couple of surprises planned that we're going to present to her on Wednesday. So Janelle, be ready for that at her final youth group. Uh, we'll be having a Janelebration, so we invite all of our, our students to join us on Wednesday as well. Janelle, again, thank you so much for your years of service. We appreciate everything that you've done for the church. You have big shoes to fill, and your legacy will always remain here at Noblesville First United Methodist. Please remember that we always have our Teeter Outdoor Worship from 8, at 8.15 and at 10 o'clock. But do remember that next Sunday on August the 30th, at 10 o'clock, the service will be moved to 10.30 that week only. And we're doing so because the combined service with Bethel AME will be a merged experience. And they are usually worship at 11. We usually worship at 10. So at 10.30, we'll be coming together. Pastor Mindy Mays and I will share the message. And the music will be a joint venture between the two churches. Also, don't forget the confirmation service will be August 30th at 2 p.m., also at the Teeter Worship Space. That will be live-streamed on the Noblesville First Facebook page for our congregation as well as for family members who cannot attend. The Teeter Farm to Table dinner now has tickets on sale for the dinner on Friday, September 11th. In-person dining is $75 a plate and carry-out is $50. Remember, you're supporting the Teeter Mission to Reduce Food Insecurity in Hamilton County. You'll find that link to order your tickets at noblesofirst.com website. If you're concerned about gathering in person, we've got uh, just plans to hold 100 reservations 
uh, in a space that can seat 250 people. So we think we've got a great safety plan in place to keep you all safe for that very special dinner. Our mum sale is taking place for Mission Guatemala. The mums are $10 a piece. Be sure to order more than one. The deadline to order is August 28th. The pickup is at the church on Thursday, September the 10th. And we now have our virtual crop walk together. It's up and running. You can go to noblesvillefirst.com where you'll find the crop walk link to the Hamilton County crop walk website. There's where you can register as a virtual walker if you wish, or you can donate to one of our walkers already planning to walk. And then if you're going to walk, be sure to also check out the Noblesville uh, Facebook page for the Hamilton County Crop Walk that was put together by our own Olivia Pavich. And that will be a landing spot for you to post pictures or videos of the walk that you take wherever you take it and whenever you take it. Just be sure you try to get that done before the planned date for the walk, which is Sunday, October the 4th. Uh, Be the Bridge, Pursuing God's Heart for Racial Reconciliation is going to be a book study that goes along with our three-week worship series in September. The book's written by Latasha Morrison, so we invite you to order that book on your favorite internet site right now, or if you'd rather uh, order it through our church office, please call the church office or email uh, Linda Wolf at lwolf at noblesoffirst.com. Um, reserve your copy. There'll be about $15 a piece, and then you can pick it up at time for the worship series. And finally, if you're new to us, call the church office or email Bonnie Zitcraft, and you can email her at bzitcraft at noblesofirst.com. You'll have a free gift that she'll mail to you, drop off whatever you find most convenient. And she'd just love to get connected with you to help you uh, discover the many ministries we have here at Noblesville First. Noblesville First would like to invite you to help us with worship out at Teeter Farm. So please come see me, Bonnie, either at 7.45 a.m. or after the 10 o'clock service. There are simple tasks that you can help us with to get ready for worship. You can put items on the tables. You can light the tiki torches. You can help direct cars in the parking areas and also place the cross on the altar. Let us be a church where all of us does a little bit of something to help each other and to serve our Lord Jesus. Thank you, and I look forward to seeing you at Teeter Farm as God leads you. Thank you, and God bless. Now go forth as God's people, seeking truth wherever it can be found, making sure you don't bear false witness or slander in a way that brings harm to others. May we be God's holy people in a world that so desperately needs love, grace, and forgiveness. Amen.